وعن سيدنا أبي مالك الأشعري رضي الله تعالى عنه قال قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم الطهور شطر الإيمان رواه مسلم وقد سبق بطوله في باب باب الصبر وفي الباب حديث عمرو بن العباسة السابق في آخر باب الرجاء وهو حديث عظيم مشتمل على جمل من الخيرات So this is a hadith narrated by Sayyidina Abu Malik al-Ash'ari radiallahu ta'ala anhu. The Ash'ari are, are, are a, 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 clan of, a clan or a tribe from Yemen. Uh, and so the first amongst them to accept Islam was uh, Sayyidina uh, 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 Abu Musa uh, uh, radiallahu ta'ala anhu. Um, and, then, and, then the, and then the rest of them follow. Uh, and then the Ash'ari school is named after a descendant of uh, Abu Musa al-Ash'ari, Abu al-Hasan al-Ash'ari, radiyallahu anhu. Uh, so Abu Malik al-Ash'ari narrates that the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said that purity is, is half, of, half of iman, it's half of your faith. And uh, it's narrated by Muslim. And Imam Nawi remarks that um, this is a snippet of a longer hadith uh, that was narrated in the chapter regarding sabr, regarding patience, which is a very epic chapter of the Riyadh al-Salihin. Some of the chapters are short. There's only one hadith in them or, you know, just a couple of ayat. And some of them are really long and epic, mashallah. They take weeks to finish and, dars, and there's like a lot there. So he goes, the, the hadith in its length, full length was, was already narrated in the chapter regarding patience. And, uh, uh, and in, that, in that narration also is a long narration from Amr bin Abbas radiallahu ta'ala anhu in the last, the end of the Babu Raja, the chapter regarding hope. Shaykh talked about hope and fear in his, uh, as the two wings that the deen flies on uh, in his talk. And it is a, a, a great hadith that is, uh, that, that, that is inclusive of many different, uh, types of, uh, uh, many different types of goodness in them. So the hadith of Amr bin Abbas radiallahu ta'ala anhu is that uh, the Messenger of Allah there's like a long, there's a lot, it's a long hadith, there's a lot of stuff there. One of the things he describes is that uh, the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Amr bin Abbas tried to, he tried to accept Islam in Makkah Mukarramah when the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, when he first made his da'wah. And so the Prophet Sallallahu gave him La ilaha illallah and then told him, go back to your people, don't ask anything else about anything. And the reason is what? Is because the difficulties they had to take in Makkah Mukarramah, he wouldn't have been able to take it. So this is one of the virtues of Abu Musa al-Ash'ari. Abu Musa al-Ash'ari actually accepted Islam and made Hijrah to Mecca. Uh, but because he was strong enough, he could take it. The Prophet permitted him to do so. Whereas uh, this uh, uh, Amr bin Abasa, Rasulullah sent him back to us. He says, go back to your people. And whenever a caravan comes and goes from Makkah Mukarramah, ask about how, how, about how we're doing. And he, he says, then the, the day that you, you hear the news that we're, 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 we're in a position of strength, then come to me again. Uh, and so uh, he said, I heard about different things. I heard about, I about, heard about the hi- persecution. I heard about the hijra. I heard, when he says, once I heard about the victory in Badr, I said, that's it. Then we're, we're going to go. So he come to the Prophet Wasallam and asked him a couple of things. And the Messenger of Allah from the things he told him, he says that a person doesn't make wudu except for the washing the hands, the sins of the hand, leave with the water of wudu. And he doesn't wash his face except for the sins of the face, leave with the water of wudu. And he doesn't wash his uh, arms except for the sins of the arms leave with the water of the wudu. And he doesn't wipe his head, the sins of the head leave with the water of wudu. And he doesn't wash his feet except for the sins of the feet leave with the water, water of the wudu. And then he says that he doesn't then pray two rak'ahs in which he uh, 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 stands in front of Allah Ta'ala in fear. And he empties his heart of anything other than Allah Ta'ala. 
except for Allah Ta'ala will forgive him all of his sins like the day his mother bore him. And so what happens is that the, near, the other Sahabi who is uh, asking him, you know, or he's telling the story to, he says to him, he goes, he goes, watch what you're saying. You're saying just to all of this reward for just two rak'ahs? Because everybody knows about, everybody knows the hadith, okay, with the person who becomes Muslim when he accepts Islam, and Islam will that it will be a kafara and a expiation for the sins before. And everybody knows about, for example, making hajj, that a person who makes hajj, uh, all their sins will be forgiven. So he's asking, he says, ask Amr bin Abbas, I says, you look what you're saying, you know, be careful, you're, maybe you're like, you know, uh, you're mis, uh, misquoting or you're, you forgot or you're remembered incorrectly that you're saying all of this reward for such a small amount of amal. And uh, he says, he says, he says, I know what you, he goes, I know what you're trying to get at. Amr bin Abbas replies that I know what you're trying to get at. Abu Umam al-Bahili uh, is the other Sahabi who's asking like, look, look, you know, be careful. What are you saying? So, uh, uh, so Amr bin Abbas says to Abu Umama, he says, he says, he says, I know, I know what you're thinking. That like I'm exaggerating or something, he says. But I've become an old man, and my bones have become weak, and there's no profit in me inventing a lie against Allah Taala. And if it wasn't that I heard this from the Prophet once or twice or three times or four times, five times, six times, or seven times, he says, if I had heard it, I wouldn't have said it to you. But I've heard it from him more than that many times. Uh, 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 that the persons that that they make the wudu properly and they they stand in front of Allah Taala and they empty their heart. Out for, uh, from Allah for, for everything except for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala except for Allah ta'ala will uh, forgive them all of their sins so this is so Nawawi says that, that that hadith is there as well there's a chapter regarding the virtues of, of wudu uh, and so he gives these comments uh, what I want people to re- re- know though is that like this hadith at-tuhuru shatru al-iman part of modernism is that people kind of misquote this hadith right tuhuru it doesn't mean cl- cleanliness as in like Cleanliness as in like the janitor is cleaning the, the mall all, you know, all the time. That's good. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. That's not what's being talked about here. Here, tahura is, tahura is a, a spiritual hukum. And it has to do with your, the washing the limbs in the wudu or whatever. But like, for example, if somebody uses like Dr. Bronner's like uh, whatever castile soap that they paid like a good amount of money from, uh, from Whole Foods, you know, for, for it. Right, they can wash themselves, scrub themselves until uh, until all the dead skin is gone and loofah the snot out of their their you know their 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 calluses and they do all that. But they, that that's that's not tahur. It's not tahur until a person combines the outward purity with the inward purity through their intention in front of Allah Taala. That that this this purity is a type of toba. That's that's what half of faith is. The tahur is what it's a it's it's a it's a physical act of uh, it's a physical manifestation of toba. Um, just like you know when a person, for example, wants to show gratitude or humility, there's a physical act that accompanies it. Uh, uh, the tahur is what here is 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 the the spiritual and physical act combined. Just like you know, cause it's really interesting how people look clean; they're not clean. Uh, 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 for example, when I was on my way back from South Africa just two days ago in the Johannesburg airport, uh, uh, Alhamdulillah, I fly so much that I have like access to the lounge, to there's you know to the business class lounge. So I went to the business class lounge and I wanted to take a shower because I've been in airports the whole day. So uh, uh, you know they're like, oh well, the 
showers aren't ready. And then I was walking away and then it's a comeback, comeback. One of them's almost ready. So I saw the guy, he's using the same towel to wipe down the toilet. He's using the same towel to wipe down the sink. He's using the same towel, you know, like, and, and what is it? When it's done, it all looks beautiful and shiny, but it's still filthy inside. It's still filthy. That's physical. How much worse do you think it is if something looks shiny and beautiful and it's spiritually filthy? Right? It looks beautiful outwardly, but from the inside, you know, spiritually, the guy used the toilet, uh, the toilet towel to like wipe down the entire, to wipe down the entire uh, thing. So don't be fooled, you know, uh, with one and between one and the other. Yes, it is good for f- things to look nice and physically clean and whatever. That's something you don't need the dean for that. Allah Ta'ala doesn't need to send a Nabi for pre- people to know that. Okay, go, you know, when you get home, Abdullah, go clean your room. You know what I mean? That's, that's, <laughs> He's like, oh man. You don't, need a, you don't need a Nabi to tell you that, right? <laughs> but the idea is what? Is that the tahur that, that's here, that's half of Iman is what? The idea is that your salat has no meaning if you don't make tawbah before it. You know the things. If you're if you don't keep them clean, there's no joy in their in their in their use. That's what that's what the, the point of this is. Because people will make it out into something it really isn't. They'll be like, oh, tahur shatr al iman, and look at this masjid. This masjid is old, and it's you know the carpets are old, and this and that. And look, the mall looks much more shiny. So I feel real spiritual spiritual when you go there. And the fact is, it's a spiritual experience going to the mall, but it's a shaitanic spiritual experience. Sure. For the person whose heart like is like, oh, look, money, I love it so much. There's a spiritual aspect to that as well. But that's like the spirituality of like uh, of shaitan. That's not the that's not like good spirit. Not all spirituality is good. You can have spiritual experiences that are not good. You know, that's why, you know, Hitler used to give bayans and, and people used to be like, oh, that bayan was awesome. But it's Hitler. He's going to hell. You know what I mean? Like and Allah knows best about, you know, about, you know, about people's asrar. But I mean, it's not going anywhere useful. وعن سيدنا عمر بن الخطاب رضي الله تعالى عنه عن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم قال ما منكم من أحد يتوضأ فيبلغه فيصبغ الوضوء ثم قال فيبلغ عفوا أو فيصبغ الوضوء ثم قال أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدا صلى الله عليه وسلم عبده ورسوله إلا فتحت له أبواب الجنة الثمانية يدخل من أيها شاء رواه مسلم وزاد الترمذي اللهم اجعلني من التوابين واجعلني من المتطهرين so these are the the duas about these are the duas about uh, 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 about wudu that a person should remember and uh, you know those those of you who were in the previous uh, the class where we read the previous ahadith of this chapter you'll remember that um, there's a, there's a hadith about the hadith of Amr bin Abbasah is about all your sins being forgiven through uh, through through the salat. If you make wudu properly and you do the salat that properly, that your sins will be forgiven. There's also a hadith with regards to the sins being forgiven just through the wudu itself. That the Messenger of Allah وسلم, says that if you do the wudu properly, all your sins will be forgiven and the thawab uh, uh, and the reward you receive from the salat itself. It's just nafila. All it is is just uh, 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 it's extra. It's more more good on top. You already got your what you needed out of the the wudu, and your uh, salat is uh, 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 gonna be just like extra credit on top of that. And so there's a question that came up: is that the hadith mentions that the sins of the hands are 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 uh, forgiven through the washing of the hands and the sins of the face through the washing of the face, etc. So what about the rest of the body? So the ulama write that the rest of the body, the sins are, are forgiven through the 
through the, the different uh, prophetic uh, uh, practices with regards to wudu, making intentions, saying bismillah at the beginning, saying the du'as at the end. Um, uh, and it requires that a person like, you know, understand what, what, what those du'as mean as well. Because someone may be just splashing water around, wasting their water, and they're not getting that. Or someone may do part of the wudu, but they don't do the, the prophetic practices like washing the limbs three times or, uh, you know, do the wudu with mindfulness. And so they're missing out on they're missing out on all of that. So it's important to know the the, the sunnahs of wudu so that you can get the complete the complete uh, uh, forgiveness of of them through them. And so he, he says that Sayyidina Umar ibn Khattab radiyallahu anhu narrates from the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam that he said that not one of you makes wudu and and uh, 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 and and it does so completely. Or uh, uh, he says he, he doesn't know if he says does so completely or paints the wudu on the limbs. So this idea of painting, this is uh, a, a isbar, this is a proof that the Prophet ﷺ used to use a very small amount of water when he made wudu. That, you know, he didn't just, the tap is like flowing and you're <laughs> splashing water in every direction. Rather, it means that he made dalk, that he actually used to wipe the, use a small amount of water and wipe the, wipe the limbs. Uh, uh, and, and then after that person is done painting the wudu on the limbs, he says that, Ashhadu Allah ilaha illallah wahdahu la sharika lahu. I bear witness that uh, there is no God except for Allah uh, alone and without any partner. Ashhadu anna Muhammadan abduhu wa rasuluhu sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And that I uh, bear witness that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is his slave and his messenger. Uh, may the peace and blessing of Allah ta'ala be upon him. That that person doesn't do that except for the reward for it is what? is that uh, the eight gates of Jannah will be uh, open for them and he'll be able to enter through any one of them that he wishes. And so there's two things. One is that, you know, you can be a literalist and be like, oh, okay, great, eight gates of Jannah, done, check, right? A person who has insight will wonder why. The eight gates of Jannah from the other ahadith of the Prophet wasallam, a person understands that that uh, 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 that each of them will call a, a set of people based on a certain type of good deeds that they do. That the people who, for example, give sadaqah will be called from one of the gates. The people whose prayer was excellent will be ca- called from one of the gates. The people whose fasting was good, uh, they'll be called from one of the gates. There's a hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam in which the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam said, that one of the gates of Jannah, there's a gate called Rayyan. Uh, and, and no one will enter it except for the people who used to fast. And Rayyan means what? Rayyan means for, your th- it means for uh, thirst to be quenched. Meaning that you were hungry in the dunya, this is the place where your, your iftar is going to be. So all of these different gates. Why is it amongst the deeds, each of which the gates are connected to one of the deeds, why is it wudu is, is a person who does their wudu properly, they'll be called from all of them. The reason is that the wudu, again, is a, uh, is a, is a, physical, uh, a physical enactment of the act of repentance, of tawbah. And Allah Ta'ala doesn't accept from somebody who's a, a profligate or a rebel. He doesn't accept from anyone who, except for who is in a state of submission. And the prerequisite for any deed to be acceptable is that a person has to come to Allah Ta'ala according to Allah's command, not according to their own personal preferences. So it's like the zero step. Tawbah is the zero step for the validity of anything. You understand what I say zero step? Like what, you, you go to college, right? 
-hmm. right? Because you, if you didn't, no one would marry you, right? So you go to college. What what, what is the first what is the first class in any subject, right? I'm gonna take I'm gonna get get my PhD in basket weaving. What's the first class you take in basket weaving? What's the number of the class? 101. 101, right? So the 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 uh, you know toba is what it's the zero step meaning it's like the remedial the like the 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 100 level class or the 98 or the 97 class. If you don't do that, all the rest of it is all ghurur. It's all you're just you're just fooling yourself. If you're if you're not if you don't repent to Allah Taala from your other sins, this means you're you're not doing Islam. You're doing Burger King where you have it your way, and Deen is not Burger King. You ha Burger King is not halal. Doesn't have the halal advocates certificate. You can't eat there. You have to do it the way Allah Taala wants you to do it. And so this is the this is the this is the reason anyone for a person who wants to take the spiritual path, right? Wants to, for example, take bay'ah with one of the mashayikh and then take the tariq. They want to take the spiritual path. The bay'ah itself, it's called toba. It's the person said in the old books. If you read that someone made toba at the hands of so and so, what does that mean? That means that they took up the spiritual path. Why? Because until you make toba, none of it. It's all bakwas. It's nonsense. The most perfect, the most perfect manifestation of Tawbah is when a person leaves kufr and then says La ilaha illallah, and that's the reason that 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 that, that the sins are forgiven for that, and that's like the most superlative example of Tawbah. And then every other every other manifestation of Tawbah, this is the common, this is the common uh, 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 thread between all of them that sins are forgiven for it, and it's a prerequisite for receiving uh, uh, any any reward for anything as well. So the wudu when it's done properly, uh, uh, it's, it means what? That the person has enacted the toba in a complete fashion. And because it's a prerequisite from any of, for any of the other uh, uh, acts of goodness being done, that's why the person who perfects that, 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 that wudu, the person who perfects that toba, because of it, all the other gates can open without the, the other gates cannot open. Otherwise, a man can make hajj. A man can uh, uh, you know, feed the poor. A man can do a number of things. A woman can do a number of things. If they didn't, you know, make toba from their kufr, if they didn't enter into Islam, it's not valid. If they didn't make toba from their sins, Allah Taala won't accept it, right? Allah Taala only accepts from the people who who accept from Him, or who sorry, who fear Him. Allah Taala only accepts from the people who fear Him. This is one of the reasons the Hadith of the Prophet that the Rasul sallallahu alaihi wasallam he used to make toba in the day more than seventy times. He used to make toba in the day more than a hundred times, despite never having committed a sin. By like aqidah, someone said the Prophet ﷺ sinned, will say that that person is beyond the pale of Islam. But why is it that he used to make toba from stuff every day so many times? In front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you know, even missing your sunnahs, which none of the ulama will say is haram. Even that, if Allah ta'ala asks you on the day of judgment, why didn't you do it? I gave you everything you needed. How come you didn't pray your sunnahs? What are you going to do? Are you going to say, oh, Abu Hanifa and Shafi'i, they said that I don't have to pray it. And then the Abu Hanifa and Shafi'i, you look at them and they're going to be like, I don't know this guy. That's Allah. What do you, get? You, you, think, you think he cares what my opinion is? That's Allah Ta'ala. Right? So that, that idea that constantly returning to Allah Ta'ala in everything that you do, that's the haqiqah, that's the reality of Tawbah. Without having that reality inside of your heart, your deeds don't really mean anything. People, this is how, without this reality in the heart. This is why we have all these self-righteous people running around ripping each other down. Is because they don't, they don't, they don't have that 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 idea of constantly returning to Allah Taala in their in their things. They're not grounded. They're not grounded to that. Allah Taala says, He commands in the book, his book. He says, follow the path of those people 
who constantly turn to me in repentance. So Toba is like the ground level, it's like the, the base level uh, word for in the Quran for repentance. Right? And then there's Inaba, which is like an even more complete turning to Allah Ta'ala. And then Allah Ta'ala describes Sayyidina Ibrahim as Awahun, that he's the he's the he's he's Awahun Halim. Allah Ta'ala describes him as Awah. The Awah, what does it literally mean? You took sarf, right? Right? Awah means the person who says ah all the time. Ah is like an expression of like pain. That the person says ah all the time. They remember all of their mistakes. They remember all of their... Forget about sins. They remember all of their mistakes and they remember their shortcomings. And there's ah ah. They're saying ah all the time out of the pain of the remembrance of the things that they, 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 they could have done better. And that person who says ah all the time, the word for them in Arabic is awah. That that person, that person, he, he, he says ah all the time. So Allah Ta'ala says, he says, وَاتَّبِعْ سَبِيلَ مَنْ أَنَابَ إِلَيَّ Those people who you see them uh, so uh, uh, conscious and beholden to their, their own, uh, to their own uh, faults, that, they, 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 that, 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 that it preoccupies them, follow those people, follow their path. Not the dude who's like, you know, completely like uh, self-righteous and like alpha, uh, you know, guy who never makes any mistakes. He lies, cheats, uh, steals, is wrong all the time, but can never admit that he's wrong about anything. These are all traits of shaitan. Shaitan is actually having an argument with Allah Ta'ala. Right? Allah Ta'ala says, why don't you bow to Adam? And he's like, no. And he's giving him delete. What are you going to argue with Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala? At that point, if you can't submit to, you know, literally he's talking to Allah Ta'ala. It's an experience that like, you know, you have to be a Nabi to, to have. But there are some people who are like that. Right? Some of them, mashallah, they, we reward them by making them president. You know, uh, that they make like, they'll make mistakes and they can never accept that they, they ever made a mistake. They can never say, I'm sorry. They can never say any of these things. The, the, those are the opposite of the people that, 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 that you want to become, you want to be, that you want to uh, surround yourself with or that you want to take your deen from. Uh, uh, and so that's the reason, that's the, 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 the reason that, that, that specifically this uh, uh, wudu opens the eight gates of Jannah, even though it's only one deed from amongst a, a host of deeds. Uh, uh, it's because it is the zero step for, for the acceptability of all the other deeds. That if a person can do this thing right, uh, then the doors open for them to do all the other things. And if the person can't do this thing right, then they can outwardly be doing all the other deeds, but it's not going to be acceptable to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, if they're not constantly uh, uh, grounding themselves with the state of returning to Allah ta'ala in, in, in all things that they do. And this is good. It's, it's like a good practice. It makes a person... This is how you have relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Is that if you you know if you return to him in things, if you never think about him, you could do a hundred deeds. You know you can go to, go do Hajj, you can fast, whatever. You never think about Allah Taala in in what you're doing, uh, and you never express your need for Him, uh, Jalla Allah, uh, in what you're doing. Then your deeds that were supposed to be instituted for the remembrance of Allah Taala, they just end up becoming a another a means for heedlessness, which is which is a, it's a very subtle issue, but. Uh, somebody who wishes to, uh, who, somebody who wishes to uh, uh, traverse the, the spiritual path, they have to be able to uh, understand that. And uh, uh, Nawi remarks that in the uh, uh, narration of of Imam Tirmizi, he also adds that uh, in addition to saying La ilaha illallah wahdahu la sharika lahu, ashhadu an la ilaha illallah wahdahu la sharika lahu, ashhadu anna Muhammadan abduhu. Wa uh, Rasuluhu, uh, that that uh, uh, that the Prophet also added the dua, Allahumma ja'alni min at-tawabina wa ja'alni min al-mutatahirin. 
oh Allah, uh, you know, in order to verify our our hypothesis that this is what the reason is for the wudu being what it is and why it opens all the all the uh, gates of Jannah is that that the Prophet actually used to ask at the end of the the wudu that oh Allah uh, make us from those who repeatedly repent to you again and again and make us from amongst those who are repeatedly people who uh, uh, purify themselves. Again, not in the, like, you know, make them all shine sense, but uh, in, in, the, in, the, in the spiritual purity sense, which is a com- combination of inward and outward purity. It's a combination of physical cleanliness with also spiritual purity. And that Mu'ana uh, Anwar Shah, Rahimullah Ta'ala, he said that he's a great muhaddith, and actually a hafiz of hadith. He's a khatimatul huffad. Uh, he said that if you want to know what the Prophet ﷺ was thinking, if you want to have an insight into what he was thinking when he used to do stuff, then look at what dua he would make at that occasion. So what is he making? What dua is he making with wudu? Allahumma ja'alni min tawabina wa ja'alni min al-mutatahirin. Oh Allah, uh, make me from those who constantly repent again and again and again and make me from the people who are constantly in a state of purity. Uh, and actually one of the, one of the sunan of wudu uh, uh, is to actually drink a little bit of water from the wudu waters. So Rasulullah used to make wudu from a mud, right, from the volumetric measure of the two Mubarak cupped handfuls of the Prophet He used to make wudu from the, the mud. And so whatever water was left over from that, he would drink it وسلم, uh, in order to imbibe the, 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 the spiritual quality of, of, of what's left in that act. Uh, and this is something that uh, it's you know there's a lot of haters nowadays. People are kind of modernist. They think that this kind of this is all hocus pocus, like superstitious, whatever bid'ah, this and that. Even the Prophet used to do it. So what they do in Mauritania, they uh, the kids they memorize the Quran uh, by their lessons are written on the alwah by the natural. They have a natural ink that they use. that's made out of ilk and and, and faham. It's made out of like uh, charcoal and what they call gum Arabic. You know. It grows wild in the in the uh, in the desert. So the uh, uh, what they'll do is that when the the kid memorizes the lesson that's written on the wooden slate, they'll wash the slate clean for the next lesson, and then the water they'll tell the kids to drink it. You know, there's a baraka in it. So people, you know, I remember there was one Mauritanian in, in a Gulf Arab Gulf country. So uh, I, I met him there, and he was like, "Yeah, oh, he's so excited. You went and visited, studied in Mauritania, and you saw the alwah and this and that." He said, "Yeah, I remember when we were kids, we used to memorize Quran, and we would drink the water afterward." And then he sees like the Gulf Arab, like sitting in the desk there with his like gutra and egal, and like you know this big like Arab, you know like what our Gulf headdress on, looking at him like, "Oh, dude, you know you just like made sajda in front of idol or something like you know like because they don't, you know they don't they don't feel these feelings that." The ummah, you know, feels that if someone, that imagine the Qur'an, the lesson of the Qur'an, the water is wiped from the slate. It's a part of the intuition of iman that there's going to be something good in it, you know. But like, you know, for whatever reason, the haters are going to hate. So he's looking at him and says, more time, he goes, yeah, yeah, you know, we used to do all the, the bid'ahs, but we, I don't do that anymore. He's like, whatever, man. Mashallah. <laughs> 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 Not to like malign our brothers and sisters from the Gulf. Many of them are also people who are not haters, mashallah. But you know, you'll find them everywhere. But that that's that's the idea. The Rasul Sallallahu used to actually drink a little bit of water from the from from the water wudu. Now we make wudu from taps, so there's no strictly speaking leftover water in that sense. But uh, you know, unless you're in Flint, uh, you know it's good. You take a little bit of the water and drink it while you're you know drink it afterward. Uh, there's baraka in it, inshallah. 
uh, unless you're in Flint or unless it's like you're fasting or whatever. But uh, that's that's also a sunnah of wudu. In fact, the, this is the muhaddithin and the fuqaha, they have a little bit of standoffish, uh, standoffness with one another from time to time in certain masail. But according to the muhaddithin, it's sunnah to drink while standing in two places. So otherwise, you, it's bad. It's bad adab to eat and drink while standing, and it's even worse to eat and drink while walking around. A person shouldn't do that. That robs the, the, the food and the drink of barakah. Uh, and uh, this is, I, when I was at IFS, I was at IFS for a quarter TAing. So, mashallah, I... Uh, I, I, I bruised my lungs screaming at the kids, you know, to not eat and drink while walking and standing. And the funny thing is they, 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 they get it now, you know, alhamdulillah. But it's, it's, it's adab, if nobody teaches children, then they don't, they don't learn these things. When they grow up, they do all that, that, that knuckleheaded stuff and they lose, they lose so much. But uh, the, the, uh, um, the two times that it's masnoon to drink while standing, according to the muhaddithin, and the fuqaha may disagree with you. So if you bring this up in fiqh class, don't be surprised if Sheikh Volkan takes out his revolver and caps you. But uh, according to the muhaddithin, the two times that it's actually a sunnah to drink while standing is, one is uh, when you're done with your wudu, the excess water of your wudu, and the second is uh, when a person is drinking zamzam. When a person is drinking zamzam, because the narrations that Rasul Sallallahu drank the zamzam facing the Kaaba. While standing, and he would drink the drink it in three sips, and he would say Bismillah before every one of them, and then Alhamdulillah when he's done, and then he would say the dua, uh, Allahumma inni asaluka ilman nafi'a wa rizqan wasi'a wa shifa'a min kulli da. Oh Allah, I ask you for uh, 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 beneficial knowledge and for expansive provision, and that you cure me from every ill. And then when a person uh, says that shifa'a min kulli da. That you cure me from every ill that they make intention for whatever sicknesses they have. So people take the water wudu, like, you know, to the point where, like, for example, you have knee problems or whatever, they'll take it and as the water was on them and they'll rub it on that, on that limb. And people, Allah gives them, gives them help and gives them cure from things because of that. So if you want to go and visit the Haramain Sharifain, then learn all the du'as first. Allah Ta'ala will take you, inshallah. You want to visit Makkah Mukallamah? Do you want to visit? You want to see the Kaaba? Then learn the du'as. Allahumma inni as'aluka ilman nafi'a wa rizqan wasi'a wa shifa'a min kulli da'a. Allah ta'ala take all of us, inshaAllah. Babu fadlil adhan. It's a chapter regarding the, the virtues of the adhan. An Sayyidina Abi Hurayrata radiyallahu anhu anna Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam maqala Lo ya'lamu al-nasu ma fi al-nida'i wa as-saf al-awwali thumma lam yajidu illa an yastahimu alayhi lastahamu alayhi. وَلَوْ يَعْلَمُونَ مَا فِي التَّهْجِيرِ لَسْتَبَقُوا إِلَيْهِ وَلَوْ يَعْلَمُونَ مَا فِي الْعَتَمَةِ وَالصُّبْحِ لَأَتَوْهَا وَلَوْ حَبْوًا مُتَّفَقٌ عَلَيْهِ لَسْتَهَمْ يعني لَقْتِرَعُ وَالتَّهْجِيرُ التَّبْكِيرُ إِلَى الصَّلَاةِ So uh, Sayyidina Abi Hurairata رضي الله تعالى عنه He narrates that the Messenger of Allah صلى الله عليه وسلم said if the people knew what what virtue and grace was in the uh, uh, in the calling calling to prayer in the adhan, uh, and in 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 getting a place in the first row in the masjid, uh, um, and it would cause such a crowd for 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 those things and such a melee that the only way people could like hold the prayer properly in the day would be like by drawing lots, 
because there would be no way it would be constantly crowded. It would be like the black stone or like the the roba the roba and the Makkah Mukarrama, right? There's constantly this is like the fist fight of the Muslimin, the fist fight of the believers. It never stops. It stops five times a day for salat, and then like you know, it's like a, it's like Habib on Conor McGregor like all over again. Right? People people like people know that the salat ends after the first salam. They won't even say the second salam. They'll rush and like this. Basically, the brawl will start again. Why? Because the people, they value and they venerate the opportunity to touch the black stone. And they venerate the opportunity to be able to pray two rak'ahs in the roba of the Prophet And so that veneration will, like a kite, it will fly away with their common sense. And so Rasulullah is describing something similar that the people, if they knew the virtue of making adhan, and if they knew the virtue of staying in the, uh, standing in the first safa of the prayer, it would be the same thing. It would just be a constant fist fight. It would never end. The only thing they could, the only solution they would have is that they could draw lots, that everybody apply for, for the first row, and then whoever's name comes up, you just pray in the first row, and then like, you know, start it all over again. There would be no way of, there would be such a fist fight, there would be no way of, of uh, 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 you know, of, of, of managing it otherwise. And uh, uh, he said that if they knew, if they only knew the, uh, the, uh, the, the, the reward and the grace in showing up early to the prayer, uh, 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 they would race one another uh, in order to do so. And if they only knew the reward and the grace in the, in the Isha prayer and in the Fajr prayer, they would come to it even if they had to crawl. Even if they had to crawl, even if their legs didn't work and they had to just use their, their, their hands to drag themselves to it. Uh, they would have done so. Uh, and the hadith like this, this is why in the Shafi'i Madhab they actually consider uh, all other considerations being equal. They consider that the, the reward for, for, for calling the prayer is greater than the reward for, uh, for even leading the prayer. Because the person who calls the people to prayer then receives the reward of all those who come to the prayer as well, amongst a number of other virtues. This is a gripe that I have about, about, about uh, America, is that for whatever reason, known to the Lord alone, people, uh, people will have the adhan called, uh, um, have the adhan called inside of the masjid. There's only one time that it's a sunnah to call the adhan inside of the masjid. And that's the second adhan of Jumu'ah. It should be called with the mu'adhan standing in front of the, uh, standing in front of the pulpit, in the masjid. Other than that, all of the uh, the adhan, the sunnah, is to have it called outside. And he's going to m- mention the reasons why uh, in the subsequent ha- hadith. But the idea is that everywhere that the, the voice of the adhan carries, um, there's, a, there's a type of barakah and grace, and uh, it, there's a type of, it dislodges the shaitan from that place. Meaning what? Meaning not that shaitan is gone forever. It comes in the hadith that he actually comes back before the prayer starts. But since he has to leave, he doesn't have maqar over there. He's not, he's, not like, uh, he's not established over there. He's bothered over there. He's perturbed in that place. And wherever shaitan is perturbed, his effect is not as much. And all of those rocks and all of those trees and all of those birds and all of those people, whether they're Muslim or not, everyone who hears the adhan and everything that hears the adhan will bear witness for you on the Day of Judgment. And uh, this is why people should give the adhan. Unlike leading the prayer, people covet leading the prayer and people covet giving the khutbah. Coveting leading the prayer and coveting giving the khutbah is a sin. It's a sin that if people don't make tawbah from it, they may end up in the hellfire. 
However, it's not a sin to covet giving the adhan. Coveting the adhan is actually a, a, an act of piety. It's a great virtue. Rasulullah describes that if the people knew what the, what the benefit is in it, they would covet uh, uh, giving the adhan. And, you know, people are like, oh, well, you know, Shaykh, we'd like to give the adhan, but like the city doesn't give us permission to. City doesn't give you permission to put up loudspeakers. If the loudspeaker, the voice of the loudspeaker is carrying the adhan, who should receive the reward? You or the loudspeaker. If you just went upstairs to the roof of the masjid or you just went and stood outside and called the adhan, nobody's going nobody's gonna to call the police on you. I promise you. You don't have to scream like, you know, like like some sort of like a sick and uh, possessed uh, animal, you know, that scare people. Go have a nice voice, have a beautiful voice and, 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 and say the adhan. No one's going to say anything to you. The problem is what? Many people are like embarrassed of being Muslim in public. So, oh my God, someone might see me. And, you know, people might, you think people used to mock the adhan while Rasulullah was in Medina. Right? The hadith of uh, 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 Abu Mahdura. <laughs> Right, who was actually one of the Muadhans of the Prophet ﷺ, he literally was mocking the Adhan, and the Prophet ﷺ caught him mocking the Adhan. People used to do it, they do it to this day. There's still like TV shows, and there's like, you know, like people will mock the Adhan. Who cares? Let them mock it. The Adhan is very interesting because it's, it has a spiritual quality, and it affects people in different ways. And there's like a type of person who will be drawn to the Adhan, and there's a type of person who will be, uh, who will be uh, uh, what you call repulsed by it or it will tweak them in a, in a weird way. They won't react well to it at first. That's fine. That's the way the deen, Allah knew all of those things. That's the way the deen was supposed to be. I know people, I remember when we used to have, when we were in MSA, right? You guys are MSA, right? Are you MSA? Or are you too cool for MSA? Huh? Right? When I was in MSA, we used to do that. We used to, like, we'd have, like, Wednesday would be our, like, we'd put up our dawah table outside and we'd, like, uh, we'd just talk to people. And when it was Zuhr time, we'd, someone would call the Adhan and someone would join us. Always we'd see someone that was a Muslim that we never met before and they would join us for the prayer. And some people would react very badly to it. You can't do that here. I'm like, uh, okay, why don't you call the cops? <laughs> no, no, you can't do that. I go, I'm pretty sure we can. And they're like, no, no, there's a statute. And I go, yeah, well, there's the First Amendment of the actual Constitution. So why don't you call the cops and let them figure it out? And then on the flip side, oh, my God, that was so beautiful. I, you know, was in Peace Corps in Senegal for a year. And I used to hear the call to prayer every day. And I really miss it. I'm like, are you Muslim? No, but like, it was just really beautiful. And it just made me feel better. Okay. I mean, that's, that's a thing, you know, that, that, that's, that's something that happens, you know. So, uh, uh, um. People should call. People should call the adhan, uh, and, and not worry about loudspeakers. If you don't have to worry, if you don't worry about loudspeakers, you don't have to mess with like city ordinances. You have to mess with any of that stuff. Uh, uh, and so people should not covet. People should not covet leading the prayer, and people should not covet giving the khutbah, but they should covet giving the adhan. And so much so in Mauritania, their system is beautiful. You know what their system is? The system is this: is that like uh, 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 whoever wants to give the adhan can give the adhan. So when the time the prayer enters in, literally, like you'll have like five, five, six guys standing on the, the gates to the masjid. They'll like climb the gates up to the top of the, the gate. They'll stand on top of the gate or they'll, they'll stand on top of the roof. And they'll be giving the adhan at the same time. In fact, that's how you know that the, the, the iqamah has happened, that you stop, stop hearing the adhan. Because people will constantly be giving the adhan from the time that, I mean, like a person will give it only once. But someone will be coming in one after the other. 
and you'll hear the adhan, like there's like whatever, five masajid in like different directions. Someone will constantly be giving the adhan. Once you hear the adhans fall silent, that's, that's how you know that it's time for salat now. Uh, and uh, I, I've, seen this, I've seen this in Mauritania, and it's in other places too. So a person should li- like to give the adhan, inshallah. A person should like to give the, if we ever, you know, if we have a permanent spot, inshallah, that's my, 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 one of my desires is that the muadhan should have a place outside. When we were in Thor, when we had our Thor Institute in downtown Seattle, that's what would happen. Zane, you guys ever met Zane? Zane would literally, there's a bridge right, right outside the door of the Thor. There's a bridge, and it was at a really high, high, high height. Uh, uh, so usually it would be Zane, but it would be one of the other brothers also. We'd go, go stand up on top of the bridge and give the adhan. People would give the adhan like that. That's, that's what the, the sunnah is, right? What's the point? All these masajid, they build these huge uh, min- minarets. Do you know the point of the minaret is? you know why masajid have minarets? It's not just because they look cool. In the old days, form used to follow function. Now function is dead. There's only form now. <laughs> Things have beauty because they have function. Without function, the empty beauty, it's the same thing. It's like the guy like uh, wiping down the, 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 the bathroom with the toilet uh, towel. There's really no benefit in it, right? The point of having a minaret is what? Is they used to call the adhan from it. So if you look at if you look at the uh, the the that's, you know if you look at the uh, uh, the uh, the the minarets in Turkey the masajid they literally have three levels of balconies and there'll be like four muadhins on each balcony facing uh, different directions um, and so the, the 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 lower ones they would make the adhan downward to the places that are closer and then like the middle ones would be like kind of like forty five degree angle and the ones that are at the top. They would, they would give the adhan like toward the horizon so people from further away would be able to hear. That's the whole point of having a minaret. If you're not going to give the adhan, what's the point of building a minaret? Muslims getting into like b- busting it up with them Swiss, man, Swiss cheese up in Switzerland. Uh, but if you're not going to give the adhan, what's the point of building the minaret? The whole thing is, is like a, a kind of a moot point. And if you can give the adhan without the minaret, well, too bad, Swiss people. You can pass all the laws you want. Still, mashallah, shaitan is going to be chased out of your neighborhoods. And we know that that causes you pain and suffering inside. But, uh, you know, sorry. Uh, that's, that's the whole thing. The function, the form should follow the function. If you don't understand the function, then the form itself is like a dead body. Uh, uh, it may look like a human being, but there's no life in it. He said, Sayyidina Mu'awiyata radiallahu ta'ala anhu. قال سمعت رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم يقول المؤذنون أطول الناس أعناقا يوم القيامة. He says that Sayyidina Mu'awiyah رضي الله تعالى عنه says that the, the people who used to give the adhan they'll be the ones that have the longest necks on the day of judgment. Meaning what? That they will be in a position of prominence. The people will see, will see their, their honor and their status amongst, uh, amongst people. Right, like you see a tall person stand out amongst the crowd. Um, there was a, a basketball player, Muslim basketball player. I'm forgetting his name because I'm not the cool sheikh. What? Nayyad, <laughs> you're thinking about like the Stone Age, man. That I'm talking about after the Civil War. He says, Karim Abdul Jabbar, man. You probably weren't even born. He was retired 20 years before you were even born, man. Uh, who, who am I thinking about? Someone later. Muslim, Muslim basketball player. Come on, help me out here. No, after him. Later, later than him. Mahmoud Abdul Rauf, no. Mahmoud Abdul Rauf was the guy who didn't stand for the Sharif Abdul Rahim. Sharif Abdul Rahim. Guess what? He was in the Hajj group that we went on the first Hajj. And I have no idea. I have no idea. Like I don't recognize the guy from from his face or anything. All I all I saw was in Arafat. 
There was one guy who was so tall, he looked like the only adult amongst children. That's how big he was. And then I like turn around and look in the back in the bus, and like there's a really big guy, and I'm like, oh, this is that guy, the adult, right? Mashallah. And the whole made like everyone look like children in Arafat. That's how big he was, right? So uh, 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 very, very nice, very humble person. Mashallah. His father is an imam. He was with the with the Hajj group as well. But the point is, is what that that's how those people, their prominence will be on the day of judgment. That they'll be, they'll be like they'll be people of stature and people of honor amongst people. Um, they're who they're the ones who give the adhan. Uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala inshallah will continue the rest of the will continue the rest of the chapter inshallah next week. Allah ta'ala give us uh, tawfiq uh, for understanding, make us people of purity and make us people of all of those things. We mentioned like these these things are really beautiful. What is it he mentioned? The the front row and the giving the adhan and coming to the salat early and uh, the, the, the Isha prayer and the Fajr prayer. Allah Ta'ala give us tawfiq of, of making these things. Wa sallallahu ta'ala ala rasulihi sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Uh, are there any questions? I'm not going to record the questions. I just wanted to put this part for those people who don't come in person. You should come inshallah.